We are live. Welcome to Seize Your Mind, the podcast about soccer, mental toughness, and life. I'm your host, Brandon Stone. Today's guest is Oscar Pareja. He is currently the head coach for Orlando FC in the MLS. Oscar, how are you today? I'm good, Brandon. It's great to see you. It's great to see you with Ajosi also, and uh, happy to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. Yes, for those who can't see and are just listening, I'm wearing my Colombia jersey today. Oscar's from Medellin. Uh, he played for the national team uh, in Colombia. He played for several clubs in Colombia, uh, including Independiente, Medellin, uh, Deportivo Cali. Then he came to the U.S., played uh, New England Revolution, FC Dallas, and uh, then started coaching FC Dallas as assistant, uh, U-17, United States team, uh, back to FC Dallas, Colorado Rapids, and then FC Dallas, Tijuana, Mexico, and now Orlando City. Oscar, how have you gotten to where you are now in your career? Walk me through the story. Well, good, good question. Uh, sometimes when we hear um, that, that information about what we have uh, done through our lives, it's incredible how fast the time goes. And uh, it looks like it was yesterday when we started. So how we get here, I think it's simple. I say uh, probably from the basic is uh, through the passion and the love that I have for the game. And this is something that it was nurtured by my parents and, 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 and family and my friends. And just loving the game, Brandon, just loving the game this much. Uh, I think that's what is the journey about. Well, a lot of people love the game. I mean, but to be like, at that level to where you've gotten to be able to step it up and get to the professional level and be a, a truly like high performance coach and player, it takes something special. So tell me about what it is that's made you better than a lot of the people who also love the game but weren't able to get there. And right, yeah, listen, I, I think we all have different talents. When I was young, uh, very young, I had uh, uh, the, the knowledge about what what uh, what I was good at. Uh, as you said, just adding to the love and the passion that we have to carry within us. I I knew that I was uh, better than than many others on playing the game. Uh, it was my natural to be engaged with the ball all the time and in the streets and in Medellin. Uh, and after that, well, I, everything was uh, progressing, you know, being with teams and and the participation now and then the selective uh, um, uh, game where I, need, I, I was in the teams and national teams and, and everything was evolving little by little. Uh, learning from the experiences too, from the coaches, from my dad especially, and um, just having the vision all the time that I wanted to play the game in the first uh, division and, and, and one time defend the national team, a jersey, and, and one day I thought it was possible to play uh, overseas and somewhere else uh, beside my country. I never thought much about 
coaching, to be honest. Um, but but it was also uh, a result of uh, the involvement that I have with with uh, with the youngsters in Dallas, and then uh, the coaching career it has been similar. You know, that has been little by little adding things and experiences. Let's go back to your your childhood in Medellin. So you started out playing in the in the streets. How old were you when you first started playing like organized? Right, right. Good question, uh, Brandon, because uh, that's when everything starts, and I and I try to capture some memories from back time, because um, I I want to see what can I take uh, from those moments and and do it with uh, the youngsters, you know. So basically, it was playing in the streets. Uh, I had a, a not not even ten yards street there. Um, and where we came every single day after school to play with my friends and that's where what i have this devotion for the game um playing in the neighborhood that was the middle class where all the kids were dreaming to play the game uh that's that's probably the the very first uh memory that i have and i was um, say six seven uh, and then at the age of 12, I was, I was turning 13, probably I started just playing organized games, you know, on a team and being coached. Um, I started just being, being more structured and less, less happy, but more structured. And, <laughs> and then everything started being regulated already for the ruling and and, and uh, dictating what the coach wanted and all those things. But the real game was playing way before. Was it mostly 2v2 that you started in the streets? Right, yeah, well, anything, you know, because uh, sometimes uh, uh, the, 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 the boys show with, you know, 12, uh, sometimes 20, sometimes just four, but everything was just depending on the amount of the, the friends that were at the moment. And, I, and as I say, it was not a structure at all, you know. It was not the same teams. It was not the, the same people. It, it was all different. Just having fun. It, it was just having fun. It was just having fun. And I think it's something that we all have to, we'll have to remember in terms to the coaching and, and see if uh, sometimes uh, uh, with our players uh, we can – uh, be less structured and we can just let it have fun in the field. Uh, uh, the secret is that obviously we need to guide him and we need to give them a structure and all those things. But uh, when we were in the streets uh, playing, uh, the game organized itself. You know, it, it was not uh, commanded by anyone in special. It was just the game dictating what it takes. And, and the kids in the street, what we felt was that the game was letting us know what the, what we needed to do. It's a 5v5 here, we'll do 5v5, or maybe 6v5, or, or maybe the other team was very unbalanced, and then we let him play with seven, and then maybe the guy who played less, we put him in the goal, and then sometimes uh, uh, we play with a, with a ball that it was made of a, a but plastic sometimes it was a great ball that sometimes it wasn't a good one so that not nobody did takes yeah variables always changing then 
Always, always unbelievable. Yeah, that's, that's encouragement as well for coaches now. <laughs> Just bury it, you know. Yeah. Do you have a, a back in those times? Do you have like a favorite goal you remember or a favorite moment that kind of sticks in your mind? Like that was one of my favorite childhood moments. Right, right. I have I have a couple uh, uh, from a different eras. Uh, my first one, uh, I was, I think it was around nine. Uh, I was nine years old, and we used to go play in uh, in, the, in the neighborhoods beside ours, and um, it was really muddy the field that we were playing at. Uh, and then it was raining like crazy. So it was, uh, uh, you know, the water stayed in some places, but we kept playing all the time. But uh, we all wet and, 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 and muddy, you know, it was, uh, it was a great day. And some of the boys, some of the boys gave me a ball and I chest it up and then I found it with, with a, a, we call it Chilena and, and we landed in the, in, in, in the water and the boys came and then we all mess in there. I, I remember well that moment, not just because the goal, but because when I came back home, I received, I received from my mom <laughs> and, and because I get all dirty and, and all those things. I remember that moment just because my mom was punished me <laughs> because I get all dirty at home. And then during my career, uh, I have I have goals that mean a lot. My first goal as a professional, uh, my first goal as an international defending Colombian national team. Tell me uh, about your first goal as a professional. Yeah, in, uh, that was 1988. We were playing in Barranquilla. Uh, the team against uh, we play was the Sporting. Um, not nothing special. It's just a chat that I took out of the box, and and actually some some of the other uh, their players deflected, and and the ball went in. Uh, but that was my my first my my first goal. Uh, at least they gave it to me that one. And then your first goal as a as a national player, you said that was an important one. Well, and a special one that I had uh, uh, with the national team. We were playing in Manaus, Brazil, against. Uh, Brazilian national team that in that era was uh, Rivaldo, Roberto Carlos, and all these guys. And we were playing in Manaus. The, the stadium was full. And uh, and, and I scored uh, my, my first uh, international with with Colombia. Uh, it's, it's a great memory also. Was Tafarel in goal? Pardon me? Was Tafarel in goal? No, 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 no. Uh, it was a different. Uh, that time it was a different one. Um, I, I used to remember his name, but but not at the moment. But it wasn't Tafarel. And uh, how was that? How did that goal happen? What was, was well, play by play? Yeah. Well, we were playing very well, and especially in the first half, we're having a lot of possession and and. Uh, I was playing with uh, Carlos, with El Pibe, uh, Leonel Alvarez, and, and I had one, one of those chances just to share that process in that one game uh, with them. I received the ball actually from uh, Ruben Darío Hernández, a, a left winger. Uh, he was drilling in the left and he cut it inside and I was coming from the middle. 
very similar to my my first goal as a professional. This one was better because I, I I took a, when I trapped the ball and I took one um, touch and and I extended and then I I hit it so well and I put it just right there down in, in the corner of uh, uh, the goalkeeper's left. Um, I remember very well now just because it was the national team uh, goal, but I, 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 I get the ball full and, and I put it back in there. So I remember that goal pretty well, yes. How, how would you uh, calm your nerves in a, in a huge game like that? You're playing away from home against one of the you know, biggest rivals of Colombia, Brazil. Um, right. How would you keep calm during what, – what kind of things would you say to yourself? Right. Well, Brandon, do you know what? I, I have to tell you that uh, once you are in this uh, uh, competition of uh, in the first team, especially, but I would say also when you were young and playing with the, uh, the young, younger national team process or when we're, you're competing, you, you're always nervous. You, you always, uh, I mean, you have the fear to lose and you have to perform well. You always have this responsibility on your shoulders. Uh, so, I barely remember games or moments where I have not feel those those uh, nervous, you know, the, and playing in, in, in Manaus against the national team, Brazilian, one of the best teams in the world, but also playing uh, competitive games in, in my neighborhood. I always just bring me the same, same uh, feelings, you know. The good thing is that uh, that probably a responsibility that we have on our shoulders and make us feel anxious and nervous and 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 and, and all those things it never change it's the same I, I i i feel the same today when i go and coach in, in in the competition during the competition it's pretty much the same feeling i i don't think it varies you know this is what i mean i don't think it varies that much it's, it's the same feeling you know yeah. um i would I would suggest that that helps bring you more into the moment, into the present moment. Right, right. It's in, in the present, just being present in the moment. You're right. Yeah, it's just being there in the moment where uh, you know that you have to perform, you have to do the right things, and you have been prepared the things to that moment. And and, and you had been in this game against Brazil, for example, I thought about, well, I dream about this moment. Now I'm here, uh, you know, and but 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 just live in the moment because I thought the same when I played my first professional game. But I played, I have the same feeling when I play uh, with my local uh, team and 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 when when the games were organized as well and and on and on. When I play in Major League Soccer, my first uh, year as well, just kind of the same. Yes. What was the biggest difference in coming to the MLS from playing back in Colombia? Uh, biggest difference in that moment, 1998, was that it was more regulations here that weren't in Colombia at the time. For example, the, that if you tie the games, uh, you go to the shootout. Um, there was as well aspects on, on the game, well, more physical, having the games with more speed, probably here, less quality, less technique. Uh, less combinations, but 
uh, more dynamic. Um, those characteristics were uh, remarkable in, in that moment. I think the league has grown this much that I may say that the league now is showing that it has uh, probably the same or in some cases more technique and and, and the collective game is, is being played very well right now here without saying that we're less dynamic. So, um, and, and in Colombia, obviously you find um, uh, players there with, with, with incredible skills, uh, special players, you know, and, and, and it's more difficult to have in, our, in other countries. It's, it's, it's normal knowing that everything is very, very similar because the globalization is changing too. But I, I would point that out, yes. What would you say was the biggest challenge? Was it the physicality? You being someone who likes to, you know, have have skill in the midfield. Um. Right. Yeah, yeah. Also, because uh, when I came when I came to the league, I I, I was I was playing with with. with well, in Colombia, uh, not, not much different to, you know, I was a small, tiny, uh, when I came here to Major League Soccer, it, it was even more. Um, and so about that physical um, difference in the physicality or, uh, the, you know, having uh, players taller and stronger, but it did not affect my game at all. Uh, just use it as a way for me to uh, use the technique and 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 the skills that I, that I was uh, gifted. Um, just use it for the game because the game the game is pretty much what it, what it is. You know, some somebody who can think, somebody who can uh, have the technique to use the the the, the ball, the space, and the time. Um, even though obviously the, the physical part of the game it, 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 it plays a role. Yes, for sure. What do you think helped you be so good at having the that vision that you're talking about, knowing the spaces and the speed? Um, as a midfielder, you definitely had those qualities. What do you think helped you develop those? Uh, I think the street, the street. Yeah, indeed. Uh, the this playing in the street, I had to be aware of uh, many other things other than the ball and the, and the, the rivals. You know, we needed to be conscious about the size of the street and that, that was hilly it was not uh, plain the the my neighbors were upset because uh, i i couldn't let the ball uh touch their garden and and then uh, i needed to wait for the car to pass by when they when it comes and i needed to be aware of probably falling on the cement because that will hurt and uh and uh, being aware of uh the differences on 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 my teammates every day was different, and uh, recognizing my teammates because we didn't have beeps and 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 colors, we we were all the same. With <laughs> I needed to recognize them because I had to. Um, all those things playing a role in the game, and you still have to uh, maneuver the ball and and. Create a good uh, decision with the ball. Uh, those things make make excel that 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 part that you mentioned, Brandon. I think all those things were important. Interesting. Yeah. Um, 
and then what got you started looking into coaching? Uh, well, when probably three years before I uh, retired in on, on, uh, 2005, uh, I started thinking about starting to coach youth. Uh, I had passion for the, for the youngsters. I wanted to be involved, but I was not so sure that, that, that I wanted to spend too much time on, 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 on coaching. But at the time, while I too was doing my transition to uh, the other the life, I, I had uh, this vision of, of, uh, of working with youth. That's, that's when everything started just going, yes. So did you start taking classes? Mm -hmm. um, did, you, or did you have a mentor? Right, I took uh, my national youth license first. Uh, I started attending a couple seminars. I started attending some trainings for the first teams uh, in Colombia with uh, asking friends, coaches, um, and uh, trying to educate myself into how can I express what I, what I needed in the field with exercising and just seeing the game from a different you, um, th those things were as well progressing. It's, a, it's something that evolves with, with the time. But right away, uh, I took my license in, in Dallas and uh, in Colombia, a couple seminars too, and, um, and on and on. You know, after that, we just started doing what we needed to do, just take our lay license, our international licenses and all those things. And then how did you find your first official gig? Like, did you start as a, I know some people start as like a volunteer and then they get hired on, or did you come straight in? What was the process of like, of, like I, yeah, well, my, my, my coach in Dallas, uh, Dave Thier, um, which is a, a great friend for me still. Uh, coach was managing a club in, in, uh, in Dallas, uh, the name of the club was uh, ASG, and uh, he was uh, he was directing the, the the club, and the club had like a 15 teams, different ages. Uh, he wanted me to do some skills for them first, and uh, after that, he offered me to coach uh, the 94 white ASG team. And that was my first experience as a as a as a head coach, coaching these girls. It was unbelievable, uh, fantastic, just to uh, know how to see the game from from the coaching seats. And uh, the girls taught me a bunch of stuff too. And I I do remember them uh, with with special uh, love because uh, that that process was very fun. Yeah. Is it hard to keep yourself from going out on the field and trying to <laughs> score all yourself as a coach? I know, yes. Still, you think that, uh, obviously, especially when you just retire, that you think that you can play and, and you can teach them all uh, all the skills and, and, and sometimes even show, you know, that you can and, and all those things. Uh, little by little, the game is pushing you out of the game <laughs> and telling you that you're you're not the player, that you're the coach. 
uh, and with the years we un we understand uh, that we're not players anymore. But it takes a, a few years though, uh, and for some coaches, many more years. <laughs> it's a gradual, slow process then. Yeah, it is a gradual process. Yeah, when you start feeling that that you're not playing, but it's not an easy, it's not an easy step at all. Okay, then fast forward. Now we're here at Orlando. Give me like a state of the union. I know MLS just released um, that they're going to have a tournament in Orla in Orlando. Um, what's preparation been like up up to now, and is there anything going to change now that that news is out? Right. Yeah, we we have been uh, following the process with the league. Uh, first uh, phase was individual and then uh, second phase uh, trying with small groups. Uh, we're just waiting to uh, finish our uh, second phase and, and train them all, train the full training. Uh, the, the whole team training, we're still a couple of days out of that, but the tournament has been announced already we all excited with this opportunity to compete again. Uh, for us, it's better that it is here in Orlando, so we don't need to travel. Uh, but it's good to know as well that the competition is going to be very level. Uh, the fact that we all be in the same place and there is not fans at all in the same fields. Um, but we're excited, Brandon, just to have this opportunity to. Uh, compete again. Uh, we can't wait. What do you think you've used the time that the downtime to get better at? I'm sure you 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 know not just that pull it in your thumbs. What it, what did you use that time to to improve on? Right, right. Yeah, well, uh, have done a bunch of stuff uh, around the team. You know, trying to get the players more. Um, uh, we have had a lot of contact here with this virtual communication. Uh, obviously, have time to review what you have done. Uh, that there is not too much time when you are in, in competition time. Uh, trying to see uh, games from the past, trying to see methodologies, review what you have done, what you're doing, and and compare and reinvent and. And, and, and vary here and, and, and foresee how the things can be. I see a lot of, of retro games. Um, I read a lot too. And, uh, and basically just uh, keep up with the, with the team, you know? Uh, so, so basically that, uh, Brandon, the most remarkable thing is that I had the opportunity to review the whole season last year where I was in, in Mexico, I, I, I wasn't very aware of was, how was the league here. So I had the chance to see many games and, and try to see the teams, you know, players that I don't know. Good, good. Um, tell me about the, I know when they first brought you on, there was an interview where I think it was the president of the club or man, general manager of the club was saying like, this coach has XYZ properties, this coach has ABC properties. But you have all of them. Um, do you remember that interview? It's it's up on YouTube like six months ago. Um, uh, what yeah. are some of your your values that you brought to the club, and how have you you know helped those help spread those to the culture in the club? 
Uh, it's, it's good. It's, it's uh, difficult sometimes about uh, ourselves, uh, random, but um, you know, at first, that, that those comments make us feel uh, proud about what we have done. Uh, but first thing that I want to say that is just make me special is the people that uh, work with me. Uh, they, they are uh, fantastic uh, friends and, and fa fantastic coaches and th that I have the fortune to work with. It's a group of staff that I, I thank God every day to have them. Uh, Jose Maria Bazan, Fabian Bazan, and now we incorporate two more. Uh, these guys make me look good. And, uh, and obviously, well, the experiences that life and the game has given, has given us, it, it helps. You know, I'm trying to see all the time a way to um, uh, 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 find the solutions and, and find answers and, and, and try to get better. And, and I have said this uh, from my time in Dallas. We were trying all the time to find a way uh, to get the things done. And probably that perseverance has been part of my life uh, during my career, the way I grew up and the way my parents raised me. And, and, and that helps. That helps. There's a lot of things to get better, though. Uh, but but uh, probably those things I will, I will remark. Yeah. Um, always striving to find solutions and to better the process. Yes, yes, it's uh, it's it's, it's something that um, I was uh, inspired from, inspired from my parents and and my generation. Uh, I grew up in the uh, city in the times where everything was very difficult. Uh, dark and, and not necessarily financially, but uh, with the political problems and, 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 and all these things that we suffer, but uh, just made, made us uh, be very uh, strong and, and perseverant and, and, and uh, I thought it just form our character. And I always think that is a way to, to do the things right. I, I always think that you have to find that way to do it. Uh, instead, just sitting on making excuses. I always think that that God chose you and give you the opportunity to find a way. And 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 I think you experience yourself. That's that's life. You know, we find our ways to find our our our, our roads and. Yeah, that's a, that's a very uh, important mindset to have is, you know, knowing that they're believing that there is a different a way, there is a solution, because if you don't, just like you said, you're just going to make excuses and it's not going to get solved. Right, right. You have, you have two choices. First, that uh, think that uh, the things cannot be done and probably life can show you enough facts and evidence that the things cannot be done and uh, there's a, an election if you think that that life is right or you think that she, the life may be wrong and maybe in a way to do it in a different manner and and I, i'd rather just go that direction 
So there's always a fork in the road, and you're picking it's left, always, left or right. It's always, it's always, Brandon. It's always, it's always the way to do things. Um, it doesn't necessarily means that you will achieve the objectives. It's not a necessary um, uh, perfect. It's not perfect. Sometimes um, you hit the wall again and. And you find a, try to find a way somewhere else and you will hit the wall again. And then sometimes it doesn't come and sometimes you need to wait. Sometimes they come, many times they come. Uh, but my responsibility is always uh, show first myself and my family and my players and my friends that you have to find a way to do it. It's better to think like that, I think. Um, tell me more about your, your team. You said the reason why you look so good is all the people around you. How have you um, built that, and how do you foster leadership within the players, too? Uh, I had uh, the opportunity to work with uh, Jose Maria uh, when I was in Dallas. Uh, before I met him before I retired, though. And, I saw him working with the youth in Dallas and doing a terrific job with the boys. And, um, I, I, I really admire his dedication and, and, uh, and his knowledge of the game. So with Jose, uh, when I retired, we met one day and I told him at once that I would like to work with him on helping the youth. Yeah, and, 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 and I took this road, as I told you, coaching with coach Dave uh, Deere, but Jose Ma was close to me, and then we were sharing some uh, concepts and ways to do things. Uh, and one day, when I received the opportunity to coach in, uh, in uh, the academy in Dallas, I brought him with me, and uh, we started this process. So he's, he's all the time uh, working in in the same process that I has been with. Uh, and um, uh, his brother, uh, Fabian Bassan, uh, I know him six years ago. Uh, Fabian was working with uh, Venezuelan national team in a very successful process with uh, coach uh, Farias. And, uh, and, and Fabi was, uh, they, they were not working together that year. Uh, and uh, have the opportunity to bring him to Dallas, and he accepted. And uh, since that moment, we start our career together. Yes, I have uh, today. I found uh, Cesar Baena. Uh, since I couldn't keep working with Drew more, um, oh, excuse me, with uh, Drew Kitchen. Uh, I always remember Drew more for some reason. Uh, Drew Kitchen were with me in Dallas, but we couldn't move uh, ahead with him. So I, I, I'm working with Cesar Baena. And then in uh, Tijuana last year, I met uh, one of the youth coaches, uh, Diego Torres, Mexican. And uh, we had a lot, of, a lot of empathy with the methodology and, and the way we do things. And we had the fortune to bring him here to this process. So that's, that's my stuff. And then in terms of your players, how do you um, help them grow, not just tactically, but how do you help them grow uh, mental, mentally? 
Yeah, well, first, uh, our responsibility is to let them know what we want, express clearly what is our game model, uh, convince them to know and recognize that that's the best way for us to do it, or at least make them recognize that that's, 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 the, that's the way that we're going to go. And um, best way to convince them and, and and make them go that direction is get a good uh, training. I think it's a big challenge for us as a coaches every day, uh, trying to simulate the game that we want to play and what are those uh, sequences and actions that we would like to inspire, inspire our players to be at on, on the games. Uh, create a culture within the trainings uh, where the players feel that they are growing, that they are being successful, that they are important. Um, all, all those things are, are um, for me, at first a privilege, but also the best way for me to get close to the players and make them be a good team, which is at once a, a, a tough um, task, you know, it's not easy, but but that's, that's our methodology. And now as a human being, uh, Brandon, I, I think it's probably the most important job. Uh, when we value the player uh, just because they have their feet to play and, 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 and that's it, it's, it's not going to work. When we see it as an integral human the being that, that, that has uh, challenges, that has context, that has history, that has a background, that has dreams, that have weaknesses, but at the same time has some uh, great possibilities to flourish. And then you see him whole, and you see that player as a whole, and then treat him like that, and you have a, you have a chance to succeed. Yeah, so get the big picture, see who they are, not just as like a left back, but who they are as a person and... and uh, exactly. Yeah. That, that's important, that's, that's important. The coaches that I remember the most are the ones who, uh, despite doing the job that they need to do as a, as a preparing a soccer player, uh, I remember a lot the ones that were worried about preparing a human being for life. That, that, that impact my life, my life. That seems to be a common thread between a lot of the the higher tier coaches is that they focus on the human first and then soccer second. Right. Uh, my experiences as a player, uh, I remember those moments and the times and the special times that just get in my memory and and are part of the way I am. And I, I say, well, it works for me. Well, it's, it may work for somebody else that way. Um, so I try to apply the things that work for me. And then I remember, you know, and trying to improve them. But uh, despite of the change of the generations and the methodologies and everything, I say, you know, and it's the things that doesn't change, the humans. Uh, People who want to feel important, people who want to feel that they have bad value, the, the respect, um, 
the courage and, and the discipline and all those things, you know, all together and in and, and the process. How do you help your players if, let's say, one of them's dealing with uh, low confidence or something like that? Do you, have you had a situation like that where you, you know, said a word or two that you saw a difference? Right. It, it's, uh, uh, you know, some, sometimes uh, uh, the best way to help them is to make him visualize what what they can be, you know, and and instead of us just correcting them and and showing them what they don't do good and and their weaknesses. Um, for me, uh, for the, in, in this case, especially with players who has not a, a great self confidence, is and really. Uh, show them all what they can do and sometimes they don't see it uh, you have to provide that to them and and, and 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 it's not an easy job because you have to be uh, real and it's not it's not creating things that are that are not real for them because they may recognize that you are lying to them but but when you are being objective with them and then showing them all the possibilities that they can create for themselves uh, and that confidence uh, immediately is different the confidence is different and that, that i felt and that that's the way that I, I i choose to coach to players just looking looking uh looking at them with the different eyes you know it's not what they are right now is what they can be and that's not an easy it's not it's not an easy way to do it so basically showing them instead of focusing on oh do this better do this better do this better it's you're good at this 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 and if you continue this path you'll get better at this this and this exactly yeah there is a there is a good example about a seed of when, when the seed come out of the tree and they, you pick it from the ground and then what do you think that that seed needs to become a big tree. Uh, sometimes we think that we have to inject something to the seed. No, the seed has everything in it, right? It's in there. Uh, sometimes as a coaches, we forced and we want to get in there and change things. No, the players already have those things. They're natural. All what you have to do is just to provide a good environment for them. And with the analogy of the seed, you need to plant it into a fertile uh, um, uh, place, you know, soil. You have to put them into a good soil so it will grow up and it will become a big tree. That little seed is a big tree. Players are similar. And I received this from one of the guys that I, I, I follow or, or, or he mentored me in terms to the uh, coaching. And, and I think he's so right, you know. We have the power to show the players how, how big they can grow because they don't know. 
instead just choose the way to uh, try to inject him the way that I am and the way that I want it to be. No, it's just put him in a place where they can grow and show them that they can be a big tree. And, and, and that's a big responsibility and it's not an easy job either. That's a beautiful analogy. And I know I'm never gonna forget that analogy. I can use that in my personal life. Um, and I'm sure all of my listeners will be able to too. It's, it's really great. Right, it's, it's true, Alan. I, I, as you said, we can, we can use it in, in any, any way in our lives, you know? How about if we see people like that? How, how, how about if you get a seed and you don't see it as a small seed, but if you see it as a big tree? Because it really is a big tree. And, and this is not an illusion, it's the reality. It is, because the big trees were a seed like that. And you choose if you see it as a small seed or you choose to see it as a big tree. Because it is both. And players are like that. Players, you can see him as a kid who cannot evolve. You can see him as a kid who cannot pass the ball. You can see him as a kid who cannot dribble. You can see him as a kid who cannot make good decisions. You can see him as a winger who cannot cross the wall. You can see him uh, just as a seed, a small seed. Well, you can see him as a big tree. Well, if you see him as a big tree, you better just get in your bike and just try to get the soil ready because he can be a big tree. Now the soil and the atmosphere and, and the environment you can help on. You have control you, over that. You control that. You control that. And guess what? Our players, our players depend on how good is the soil. And that's the big responsibility that we have as a player, as, as, as a coaches, because we are the soil. And we are part of the soil. We have to add more elements so he can grow. But if my soil is rock, rocky and, 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 and I don't fertilize him and I don't show him how good he can be, but instead I'm just mashing him and, 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 and a step on him and a step on him, he's not gonna grow. And that happened to many of us in many areas. So I, I, love, I've, I love as well the analogy. I think it's, it's good. So how we look at the people. And it's almost like if you do see people as big trees and you convince them that they were a big tree, that it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Correct. Because they would not skip away from that, that. They will be a big tree. Because they can see it. And how they see it. Because the, you picture them that. Because they can do that. And then you are helping them. And you fertilize them in the morning, and then, and then when somebody come and 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 smash us because we have a frustrating day, and because we are not doing a good job, and and because the world show us that we're not good enough, and somebody step on us mentally, and then, and then you show them that tomorrow can rain, and we can flourish again, and we can keep growing, 
and that's going to make us stronger. And then they, they start seeing that they can, they, they're better, they, they feel stronger. And they can start visualizing really that they can be a big tree, indeed. But it's, it's, it's not, not, not easy, for, for sure. I love it. Um, I wish you great success with your soil, with the rest of this season and um, that your forest can prosper. <laughs> it looks perfect. It's great. Uh, we need a lot of labor. Uh, we need to support the rain and the sun and, and, and the, the, the heat and, and snow. We, we have to just to keep with the analogy. That it, is, it seems and it sounds very romantic or philosophical, but I think it's perfect. Uh, I'm here ready with my boots on and ready to work um, or keep working. I have, a, I have a group of seeds that can become three, two, and hopefully we can make it happen. And uh, winning and losing is part of our job, but at the end of the day, if some of those guys remember this season as a part of their going as a treat in a different manner, I uh, would just be as content. I love it. I love it. Oscar, thank you so much for talking to me on here, for being on my show. Um, I know I learned a lot from you. Um, I'm going to remember this analogy in my personal life and everything else I do. And my mindset's already changed just thinking about me as a big tree so i know it's helped me thank you uh it helped me too every day so i'm happy to uh, participate in your program thanks for the invitation and i wish you all the best okay talk to you soon Done.